Hey there, my name is Mark McCartney and welcome to the What is a Good Life podcast. Over the last two years, I've interviewed over 170 people around this question, not to provide you with a universal answer, but to help you to find and define your own answer to this question. On the 47th episode of the What is a Good Life podcast, I'm delighted to introduce Monica Jiang as our guest. Monica, a curator, a writer and community builder, currently focuses on exploring loneliness as a uniquely shared experience with the potential to bring us all closer together. Throughout this episode, we explore how we've isolated ourselves from each other, the depth of relationships and intimacy in our lives, the dynamics of unhealthy dialogue and political division, and the impact of our hyper-stimulated lives influenced by technology and work. Additionally, we share our own personal experiences with loneliness. We delve into the nuances of loneliness, whether it's related to feeling a lack of community or connection or relationships, being alone in our perspectives on the world, or experiencing solitude in our, in our own inner experience of life. This episode also explores the significance of community in our lives and how we can continually foster and cultivate connection. If you are like so many who are experiencing a greater sense of loneliness, this episode explores numerous perspectives on a theme that is only growing more synonymous with modern life. While we also share many insights, anecdotes and experiences for building both more connection and community in our lives. Look, I really enjoyed this conversation with Monica. I love the theme that she's exploring. I think it's so impertinent to so many of our lives. And I think that you're going to take a lot from this episode. And if you enjoy this conversation, please like, share and subscribe. And if you're on the podcasting platforms, please leave a review as I greatly appreciate your support at this stage of my podcasting journey. So without further ado, the 47th episode of the What is a Good Life podcast. Monica, thank you so much for joining us here on the What is a Good Life podcast today. As I just mentioned to you in our pre-chat there, from either seeing some of your work at the House of Beautiful Business, your recent investigations into loneliness, uh, some of the events that you've been emceeing around Berlin as well, uh, I was very much looking forward to having the, the chance to speak with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. So Monica, as, as you've been pre-warned, I, I always start these off with the question of, is there a question uh, you're trying to answer as, as you move through life? Yeah, I thought about this. Um, and I think it comes down to the, to the big question of how do we move from this idea of the I to a larger we? And where, where, has, or where has that an investigation led you to? Um, well, I guess it comes sort of, first of all, from, from this, this observation that I have that we, you know, increasingly are living very individualized, atomized lives. We're almost like isolating ourselves from each other, like physically by, you know, in, in most bigger cities of how we live and single households and so forth, emotionally, how we, um, understand our relationships um, how people actually have less and less close friends that they can really call when something is up rather than followers or, I don't know, LinkedIn connections, um, you know, half of which they don't really know or have ever met. Um, but also mentally, like in terms of um, this idea of being more and more closed off in, in echo chambers and, you know, that being driven by algorithms, obviously, that feed us, again, what we already know, what we also want to hear, kind of re reinforcing these, these biases, which also led to more skepticism, maybe even cynicism and contempt towards other people, um, right? It's kind of like this idea of like, oh, why does this person look so grumpy on the street? Probably, you know, like, let me take some distance. Like, probably that person is <laughs> thinking the same about you, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's kind of like this, this observation that in this isolation and this, this hyper um, individualism, how can we like gently break these, um, break these barriers and break these silos almost um, that we're in and, and understand also ourselves as um, a larger, yeah, a larger connected something. Um, yeah, it, within sort of this this world, uh, largely, and it's not you know about placing the human being at the center of the universe because we're not. Um, and I'm seeing that that more and more people are longing right for this, um, are really yearning for this this larger sense of meaning, um, and they're 
reckoning sort of with the fact that yes, I I am overwhelmed because I can't do it by myself. I can't do it alone, but it seems like society expects that of me. Um, so more and more being closed off, but at the same time longing for it for for something else. I I love this uh, kind of sense of um, big, we're a bigger part of something. I you know I yeah. I don't I don't know what it is, but just just something. It, it feels kind of so in, innate within us. Um, but there's I I think there's this really kind of tragic element to some of this and what you just you're pointing out like in the kind of the atomized lives that we're living that we're almost aspiring to separation ourselves like you know even it's a sign of progress if you if you're not with somebody but you move into your own place like um and that this is a this is a sign of like a, a this is a win or this is a development in our lives like i think there's this it, it's that that part of it to me is I, like one thing I, I've noticed so much in in over the last few years, the the quality of my life has has just dramatically improved with the number of connections that exist in my life and the quality of connection that exists, almost to the point that it's it's really all the other things that I used to think that were important, it's it's just kind of outweighed those by such a, a magnitude. And really, when I think of even just the the current systems that we operate in, the dedication to work and the things that we sacrifice for work, like, you know, it can be so easy to blow off so many important engagements by the simple statement, I have to work late. Yeah. I have a a pitch tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and, and so it's like in in a weird like i i do think it's very kind of almost structural within a system but then there is almost this volunteer like i think that we're not even kind of unless we step back from it and observe it kind of in the ways that you're you're pointing to there we kind of don't even see how complicit we are in 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 creating this this eventuality almost for us mm. yeah this it, it reminds me of this um like the longest study i've ever done on on human happiness and human life um, by Robert Wildinger and others um, where they found that like the single most important um, ingredient right for leading a healthier and happier life is exactly that is building and, and really nurturing like actively nurturing relationships in your in your life and it's so simple it's kind of like okay great <laughs> great finding but then it's also like yes no wait we have to remember that that what does that actually mean specifically, right? Like, who are the people I want to surround myself with um, and who also want that for me, uh, you know, for, for me to be in their lives? And how am I actually um, nurturing those relationships over time, right? Sustainably uh, and in a reciprocal way um, and in a way that, we don't necessarily, you know, have to be physically together all the time or like see each other like everyone so often. It could be very different. Like I also have friends whom I connect with maybe once a year, but still we make, both of us make an effort of sustaining this relationship somehow throughout the year, right? Reaching out, knowing that the other is there. There's so many different ways how you can do that. Um, but I feel that this has been like the quality of relationships and the depth uh, of human intimacy and what it can mean to have a meaningful conversation, uh, to really listen and not be in your own head, but like actually listen what the other person is saying and perhaps even feeling um, is so profound and and, um, serves such a different level of connecting or, or relating, being in relationship um, than we do, most of us do, on a day-to-day basis, where whether it's in meetings, right, where no one really listens, only the one who's, not even the one who's speaking, it's like rattling off and some, something, and everyone else is like, okay, hopefully this is going to be over. I'm multitasking. Um, but also with friends, you know, I catch myself also doing this. I'm like, yeah, I'm listening, but also I'm already thinking about something else. I'm like, oh, I need to tell you that, and I'm jumping in, you know, like within... Yeah a millisecond um so 
I think coming back to this, uh, to this depth, to this quality of what relationships can be and why they matter and how we not only benefit from them, but also are able to give that to other people is, is crucial. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, um, there's so much you're touching on there, like in terms of like the intimacy, the listening, the, the not waiting for our turn to speak. I think we have no idea the amount of almost wounds we inflict upon the intimacy between us um, just by ways in which certain styles of communication and maybe even trying to win a discussion or mm. seeing what maybe might get someone ahead corporately, politically, whatever it may be. There's this just like, and and of course we can throw in the use of a you know a mobile phone then and you know even if you're in discussion with someone over over zoom or online if you ever see someone's eyes suddenly wandering the page or the the screen <laughs> like, and you're just like oh, I come know on, you're I, not there. I, I i know you're on another page <laughs> yeah. right now like while, while i'm talking and even worse while you're actually talking yeah, you're on another horrible, page horrible. right now based like, on your eye movement you think that i'm not noticing <laughs> <laughs> it's so obvious it's obvious to everyone it's even obvious to zoom what are you doing yeah yeah <laughs> so i i think that there is just i don't know this there's this element where which also i think really removes lots of scope for us to feel alive mm-hmm. like to hold on to what the person is saying in the last few words of a sentence and be prepared to spontaneously respond to that rather than the the kind of metaphorical pin that I've just put in the conversation two minutes ago that I'm going to pick up this really clever point that I wanted to show again. Yeah. You, you know, like it's the, the, that to me is one of the great feelings of being alive is to is to enter into this kind of dialogue. Mm, I love that. Um, yeah, and I think this, this lingering and pausing, um, even the silence, you know, we're just so uncomfortable. It's just these micro levels of discomfort of like, why is no one saying anything? Why can't like someone jump in, you know, because we're on such a high, like usually on such a high level of stimulation, uh, you know, on, on, uh, online, social media, emails. I mean, I'm, I'm just talking about myself also here. It's kind of like the amount of stimulation of messages and platforms, um, that I'm surrounded by, uh, and, and was also in, in my previous work is like, that's insane. Like, how am I, you know, how am I supposed to like be calm and like wait for you to finish a sentence when I have like a thousand things popping up and I'm not really there. Uh, so yeah, I think learning to be comfortable with a certain level of discomfort uh, and discerning like what is actually like what is actually pulling me outside of my comfort zone and it's like really uncomfortable. Or can I cope with the fact that I don't jump in immediately in a conversation, you know, and and just sit with this not even a second of a silence, right? Or, or not not an immediate response. Um, rather sort of being in this autopilot of more and more and more and like everyone is kind of functioning, but not really healthily, you know? It's kind of absurd if you zoom out and say, what are we, what is this? What are we doing? Um, and I mean, work is, is a huge part, yeah. It really is. So like absurd is... Um... Absurd is the way to do like I, I often I often kind of tease my wife who listens to different political shows here in, in Germany and I'm always like I'm always just laughing at the the type of dialogue that they're engaging in. Like someone comes in with a fixed position, they say what they're they say what they want to say. When the other person hears something that they don't agree with, they don't let them finish and they just start attacking each other over these certain points. Mm-hmm. And then nobody at the end of these dialogues ever comes away with, you know what, that's actually really interesting what you just said there. That's actually shifted my view even just a few degrees to make me look at this somewhat differently. And I think when we start to engage in healthy dialogue, like this sort of dialogue looks like absolute insanity. It's just, mm-hmm. it's almost like 
two-year-olds shouting at each other and no one wanting to back down for a second or take on a, a different view. So there's, but the, like, just from your perspective, because I'm, I'm even curious in it, what is it in myself that drives me if I'm not letting someone to finish? Is it, like, I'm, I'm probably thinking the thing that I'm most guilty of sometimes if I'm, if I'm not a, appreciating that or letting somebody else finish is there's something I probably want to say that makes me look good or that, <laughs> that, I, that maybe makes me look at this is a point that I don't want to lose because this is something I can say something clever in. Like, it doesn't have to be a very malevolent or disrespectful kind of thing. Like, and then the, because like even the, the silence part, I think I'm, I'm pretty okay with, but sometimes I just, I don't know, there's something in it where I'm trying to show something or I'm trying to, I don't know, guide something a certain way. Mm. I think that comes to to the point that you were making earlier about, you know, wanting to win. Um, like this idea that, you know, I have to win like this point exactly. I have to win uh, in this argument or like I have to win in this discussion by making a more intellectually informed point than you just did or like being more eloquent than whatever. Um, I think that, I mean, I, I can definitely say for myself, like also in the way that I perhaps was brought up uh, and obviously socialized, that this is something I'm uh, struggling with as well. Um, it's trying to, yeah, not really listen to the other person because I think I already know the answer. <laughs> you know, there's a certain arrogance for, I'm talking about myself right now, for sure that sometimes comes in where I'm like, what, what is this? Like, what, who do you think you are? Like, what, are you not interested in actually, you know, is there an interest to hear the other person out? Or do you just want to, again, reconfirm that you are right, um, that you're winning yeah. in this conversation, that it is exactly how you perceive it in a in, you know in this way why have why are you having that conversation then in the first place you know like if you want that then don't seek out that connection because there's so much in someone offering just a slightly different perspective or asking you a question about like do you really think that you know do you really was that really how you felt when you did this or that like uh, yeah I don't yeah maybe not like that or maybe the words I chose were not right right so there there's so yeah. much in this in between space um that that is that is that can f go far deeper uh than just a okay now I had this conversation check you know uh, I was right <laughs> the world is exactly how I see it uh and everyone agrees with me and I'm gonna go back to whatever so it's it's kind of the equivalent of this the the two politicians example that you had before um and i'm seeing that on a on a larger level i just um wrote a newsletter on sort of the the connection between loneliness and, and politics or sort of the rise of uh, authoritarian populism and just political division um and why is it that so many people feel um you know, drawn into sort of these circles, uh, these extreme circles, I mean, on, on the right uh, right wing or, or left wing, but mostly right uh, these these days. Um, how is it that they're being drawn into these spaces so much and like they resonate so much with these narratives that are very much uh, uh, grounded in, in this idea of there is only this truth <laughs> and we have it, like we, we have it and you're part of this if you're joining. Uh, and we are against the other, right? This is very much this binary thinking of right or wrong, uh, and, and we are the winners, and those are the losers, uh, and, and we are the ones who belong here. Those are the outsiders. Like there's, it's it's always the same kind of tactic of othering, um, and in in very like not in those extreme ways, but I I can see that in myself and and other people around me that that we're doing that as well, like not in those extreme ways, maybe, but it's the same kind of bias almost, you know, that, that you have, that you want to be reconfirmed and, and, and um, want to stay in. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's a really important element to this. And, and I, I guess within some of it, it's, it's, 
us we have a certain tolerance maybe for a certain degree of uncertainty or that we have we have some desire you know if i were to think the best of humans if you know what i mean and just try to sympathize almost with us as to why we're falling into some of these patterns as opposed to being absolutely malevolent intentions um all the time it's like i don't know there's some we want some certainty or something like this mm-hmm. i think we don't engage sometimes in just the absolute uncertainty of life like the the uncertainty of when i'm going to die like the the like i know philosophically people have engaged in the question of, or the question of death or contemplation of it and even on this podcast i've interviewed some some death doulas and mm-hmm. i just think it's such a I don't know, it's such an important perspective that we could just not hold on to things with such certainty or knowing because, you know, the interesting thing I think if we all shared more is not only the the universe, the kind of the universal experiences that we can all resonate with, but also just the fact that like just to come to some understanding that you and I, even if we have many similar views, we'll look at we'll still look at the world differently we'll still experience it differently um mm. and it's not for me to say to you oh no, no you're seeing this all wrong this is how you should feel right now <laughs> you know like that's that's crazy right mm. this is telling another human being what they're like i think there's a real ignorance that there is this perspective that i hold that the rest of the world should adopt and i you know when you're saying we all do it in different ways my um I don't know, kind of fanatical or kind of fanatical views are that like everyone should hold everything lightly or embrace uncertainty. Do you, do you know what I mean? And and that's almost my position of correctness, mm-hmm. even if it's to say don't hold a position. Do you, do you know? So I think there's always these kind of really subtle ways in which we think that we're holding the middle ground or the space for everyone to be yeah. themselves, but it comes with a firm directive as well. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's funny. It's like, no, 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 I'm <laughs> that's, and that's so ironic, right? That um, many people probably think the same way. And no, I'm, I'm very tolerant towards this, you know, or like, I feel like I'm very, and it's not me, it's the others. Of course, you know, if I compare myself with that person, like, um, so it's kind of funny, uh, uh, in a way, uh, to, to think, think about that. And that's exactly what I'm, I'm trying I was trying to get at with this, this initial right question of like the eye that something that I'm thinking about what constitutes the eye and the, the this larger we of part of something um, that is bigger is is this overemphasis on um, on me as an individual but also me as a human being you know this goes like large to to, to this idea of. Uh, yeah, intelligence, you know, but we are the most intelligent species and yet look at us, you know, I'm like, I don't know if we have defined intelligence in the right way. Maybe we need to redefine that, you know, not just in that rational, logical way, but like intelligence, like Mina Salami, for example, Afro-feminist defined it as sensuous knowledge, just kind of like intelligence uh, that is not rational, that is not numbers driven, that is not, you know, your IQ, but is actually... Uh, also sort of the side of how sensitive, how emotionally uh, attuned you are, how you're able to relate, right? So it's it's a much broader idea of what it means to be intelligent and that it's not something that we humans um, are just, uh, uh, yeah, owning almost. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, we're... We're, we're giving we're, we're being given that a gift in a way and sometimes we're making use of it more than other times yeah in 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 terms of just you know you mentioned when you were like you know you're working you're working um when you're working with teams you're working through all these different platforms there's all this stimulation mm. just just your thoughts i guess on on this kind of the paradox of our interconnectedness and our and our loneliness is as well like just from whether it's your own personal experience or the things that you're you're exploring with other people like what what kind of comes what comes to mind for you in in that kind of investigation Mm, yeah it's sort of this you know to be lonely in 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 these days means to be hyper connected which is 
the paradox, right? So we have all options to, which is amazing. And I, I love it, uh, you know, to reach out to other people um, on the other side of the world or, um, yeah, who are, who are exploring something interesting and you, you're able to follow them or you're able to connect with them. And um, that's great. And you're able to find sort of your, your, your kind of people uh, in quotations, um, you know, who are also interested in something super specific, like super nuanced, like crocheting or whatever. It's like baking sourdough things. Um, and that's great. Uh, and at the same time, it kind of compensates the, again, sort of the quality of relationships and the qualities of connections uh, we ought to be having in, in, in our life overall and sort of the effort uh, that we need to put in for those um, that are more than I'm texting you on WhatsApp, I'm exchanging quickly something on LinkedIn, uh, you're following my posts on Instagram, right? This is like a very superficial way on how we interact and that's happening on the main stream right now. It's kind of like, yeah, I feel connected. I feel like I'm getting this dopamine spike, you know, and inside of me and you're, you are from that interaction. But it's not the same as sitting with someone uh and that can also happen online absolutely it's not sort of the distinction of the, uh, of, of real life or online but sitting with someone in a deeper conversation and in deeper presence presence and resonance uh i guess with each other so i think that's sort of where loneliness perhaps in a more even existential level um is is so common or has become so common uh, is that the relations and the relationships that we're having are um, are not as profound or, or um, not as deep in quality as they could be um, and that we're accepting sort of these yeah lower quality connections because they're still keeping us afloat you know um, and I think in that we're losing the capacity to ultimately connect from a deeper place, ultimately converse, ultimately um, think more critically for ourselves and not just be fed some news on uh, that are highly, highly targeted to, to feed us a narrative, but like think critically about what is actually truthful to me and what am I seeing outside in the world or in discussions with people? Is that really true? Um, and to then be able to resolve also conflict in a different way. But I think we're losing sort of these, these capacities almost, <laughs> to these human capacities uh, that are so essential, um, I think, for, for our lives. And in that, we're feeling more and more alone. People feel more and more alone and isolated. Um, so that's one side of it uh, that is sort of a broader picture than sort of how loneliness is usually being uh, defined or conceived as uh, something either that is just concerning the the elderly, you know, the people on the margins. It's kind of like, no, not really, not only them. Yes, also, but not only. Um, and also that it is, it is a public health issue. Uh, and it has, you know, if it's chronic loneliness, obviously very, it's very different um, symptoms uh, and effects on, on mental and physical health. Uh, but what I'm trying to do is almost broadening sort of the spectrum of what loneliness is, how it can feel and how by sharing it more and by, by allowing us to acknowledge that, yes, we all feel alone and we all feel lonely sometimes, we can actually come together um, a little bit closer rather than, you know, further separating us. There's something I, I just find so, I don't know, affirming about life or something like in the paradox of loneliness being the conduit for connection. Just some observations like that don't kind of let me get too high or too low in life, if you know what I mean, because it's like that, that actually makes that, that makes so much sense to me or just feels so true, if you know what I mean, that we could connect through our, mm. our loneliness. There's there's so many interesting things you say there that, that I think that people need to be cognizant of nowadays is, you know, the, and it, it is, 
I definitely like I've I've had discussion groups. I've met people from even through this project. I've met people from every continent um, and had a meaningful conversation with someone. So I definitely don't make the distinction of just online or offline mm-hmm. because you know even this conversation with you today, I, I, this will fill me up with uh, with some feeling of, of connection or meaning even through the through the act of this conversation. And yes, you know. That doesn't mean, though, that all online interactions carry the same carry the same weight or resonance. But I think we can be so easily fooled then into like thinking or building up that if I text someone or even if I drop a quick voice note to somebody, that while they're they can be lovely little crumbs along the way, maybe in the in the gaps between like deeper connection or or Con- uh, connection of more consequence just not to be fooled by it you know there's i had this ex- it makes me think of i had this experience uh with a friend who was tell and i don't have um i don't have instagram and i've been very late to the game even with some of the social media stuff um but i don't have instagram and a friend but i just i had an experience of it when a friend sent me a photo from a a sun holiday that they were on with their family and they were telling me of the strains and difficulties within the family that were they were having, but they still felt compelled to send a picture that they're they're probably sharing with other people at the time. And when I just looked at the photo, they just looked like you know the 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 family unit. It just looked like the most perfect <laughs> expression yeah. of family happiness. Yes. Do, do you know what I mean? And <laughs> and you know, I I think the longer we take. And the more pauses we have in conversation and the more time we have to explore a nuance of what did you mean by that? Or what, like, how are you feeling right now? Like, while words are still inaccurate um, and it's important to kind of acknowledge that there are approximations of, of us trying to observe what this life is. The other way of communicating that we can get by this kind of fast food connection of of online interactions or a quick text or whatever, just to acknowledge that like we're really only getting like a like a fractal of information or a moment even in somebody's life sometimes. Because there's I, I don't know, there's like this sense of when you were saying then even I find it I find it really interesting with this sense that you said as well, then when we're getting information from a certain source or mm-hmm. we think that this is how the world is and we're in our own little groups i just find it kind of stunning that even though we are set up in these echo chambers even though we are set up in finding out people that have similar interests even if it's just in a lovely hobby sort of way i, f- I find it amazing that we fa- we could find more people that think the same as us feel the same as us or in some ra- um, approximate way but yet because we're zeroing in so much on these points of connections, we're losing connection with which a much wider kind of spectrum. Like, or I was thinking earlier today when walking the dog, how by having these very niche interests sometimes as well, we can, we can cut out all the other kind of spontaneous interactions that we might have with other people that don't have the exact same interest as us. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And and these people are our neighbors, right? <laughs> or our fellow citizens here in the city or in the country that you live in. Um, these are the people that you meet in a coffee shop or, I don't know, in a park, in a public space, in a library. Right? That's that's always my favorite example, not, not just because I love libraries, <laughs> uh, but because that's where you, if you step in a, in a library here in Berlin, for example, you see like, oh, okay, there's students, there's seniors, like elderly citizens. Uh, there's also, there are also homeless people or like um, unhoused people, you know, who are spending some time there because it's cold outside and they can just sit there and scroll something on the computer, check some books, whatever. Um there's people like me who are like somewhere in between writing or just looking for a cool place to work and be stimulated in that way. So these these are the places, right, where where we or the train, <laughs> public transport, uh, where we actually get in well get in touch or are exposed to other people who uh, are perhaps different from 
from this perfect uh, echo chamber bubble that you just uh, described uh, and reconnecting sort of and reaching out, uh, you know, to towards these kinds of spaces and these kinds of communities um, and grounding yourself again, uh, even if it's like small things, like these small micro interactions uh, of asking one more you know, question to how, how you day, you know, how's, how's your day going? Or like, Hey, what about what I noticed something here, you know, in the coffee shop that you're always going to, like, these are very small things, but they do make a difference like for yourself uh, and the other person. Um, you don't always have to, you know, at 9am in the morning, go have a political debate with <laughs> someone on the park bench, but the, you know, the, these are ways that we can slowly reinstate sort of the, the connections that we um, that we are longing for and that we're missing and that will expose us to different worldviews ultimately and also balance out our, you know, and I'm, I'm speaking now from, from my point of view, our privilege. You know, sometimes I'm like, I'm so in my world that, I, no, I'm busy. I have so, like, these are issues that I have to resolve and these are the problems that I'm concerned with. And I'm just like here, here, here with myself, uh, me, myself, and I, uh, and I don't look around. I don't lift my head. I'm just in my phone <laughs> and I'm, you know, so consumed by myself and my little problems. And then I meet someone or I'm exposed to to something and I'm just like, oh, it's like traveling, right? It's like, oh, I, I don't, these are problems. Yes. But also not, you know, like to come down to earth <laughs> a little bit more, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think is sort of the point here. Um, and seeking out those connections again, whether that is neighborhood through volunteering, I did some uh, volunteering here this summer. Um, and I was like, wow, this is such a different space. I would never interact with these people. And they probably wouldn't interact with me um, if there wasn't something like volunteering, <laughs> um, or helping out, or you know, going to to other events that are not just in your um, in your like immediate realm. Yeah, I think there's um, there's so much there that you say that resonates even just from like I don't know, like the the local coffee shop here for me is a is a big one. Like it mm. just um, and then as you, as you say there, like. It doesn't have to be, you know, I've, I've had experiences of both sitting beside the same person because um, I usually go there for some time to myself. Like I don't go to meet people there. Um, okay. Fortunately and unfortunately now I seem to know everyone there in terms of my own quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in terms of my own quiet space now, that seems to have been uh, evaporated. But But even just simple stuff like, passing a comment to say that you see somebody do, do, like, sometimes I, like because as, as valuable as you know we were talking about the the depth of conversations i think you've touched on so many like there's so you know there's so many ways of uh, i think approaching this idea of loneliness right or even just in engaging with it and so many of the things you just said there of like little um connections but seeing people acknowledging people taking a little bit more time like not as you say engaging in some like hour-long debate about something or it can just be an innocuous second question as you say or from my perspective just noticing something about the other person like there's mm. a there's a couple in my cafe that I still don't even know them all that well but they had this look and it just struck me like one day they were just staring into each other's eyes and it just like was just such a beautiful, loving look. Do you, do you know what I mean? And that I just felt compelled to say, by the way, I see you guys most morning. And, you know, I I think you guys have something really interesting or you have something special between you. And with these two guys, like they they don't we haven't we've never really sat down and just had an hour long conversation. Mm. But since then, we always greet each other with such like familiarity or connection mm. and you know we this this happened over 18 months ago and we still haven't just said oh we must sit down and really get to know each other but we just we might even hug or or just be kind of passing ships for the rest of the time other than a brief interaction yeah and and, and so I think it's like there's a whole multitude of ways and just as you say like just 
deepening our connection with each other once again, like whether it's through the acknowledgement that we're all a little bit lonely, sharing more of our world, having deeper conversations, and then these smaller little spontaneous touch points. Mm. I love that uh, example because it's exactly that, right? And sometimes you have these moments where like, should I say something now? Or like, oh, is it weird? Like, oh, probably the person's got, and then it's, and the person stands up and they're like, okay, well, never mind. <laughs> you know, they can, they can say something. Like, why, why do I have to be the person? It's kind of like this. Uh, and I think it, it really, and that's what I always come, come back to also in my previous work with, you know, with sort of community building, creating experiences for people to connect in, in a deeper way um, in business, it, it doesn't need much. It really does yeah. not need much. Uh, it, it just, it, it really is just this small, brief moment where like, should I, I should, I will just say something. Like, what's the worst that can happen? That someone will, I don't know, reject you. Like that, that's, that's the fear that is there, right? The fear of being rejected and the lonelier people get, um, the more they have this sense of, oh, I think someone's going to reject me or they're going to think weirdly of me. And I, they have this, this negativity bias that we, most of us have, right? It's kind of in the, in the same vein. It's kind of like, ah, probably, you know, they're busy. Like they don't want to be chatted to right now. They, they have the headphones in. Um, and it's not that lonelier people don't want to connect, right? They really want to. And there's even like these, uh, these studies that say they're, they're daydreaming. There's this sense of nostalgia almost. And I think most of us can relate to this if we have experienced, and I think all of us have, uh, moments of loneliness where we're like, oh yeah, that was a moment where, you know, my early childhood or I don't know something else like with friends or on a trip or that moment in my life where I really felt connected and we long for it um so kind of trying to silencing those voices that tell you oh the other person's gonna think badly of me because chances are very high that the the other person is hoping in the same way that you're gonna make the first step as you are right from them so why not just yeah. saying hi a simple hello, how are you? Like, is that you know, or a smile, um, or or a genuine, you know, just to to look someone in the eye, as you just described it. You know, the many people who are passing the subways here in Berlin, um, trying to somehow yeah get some money so that they can they can find some shelter during the night. They go through and I mean, the least that you can do is just look them in their eyes and say, I'm sorry, I don't have something for you today. Right. Yeah. Like, we don't have to like hide and feel awkward and like, oh, my gosh, no, I'm oh, there's another one. Okay, I can't really don't like I don't have cash. Sorry. Like <laughs> it's not much. Uh, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm smiling because I've had this exact same uh, thought and experience. And like you see someone come on. And, and I, I think we, the, the crazy thing is I think that we think that we're not inflicting harm on ourselves because I think even just when we shut ourselves off to the presence of another human being, and of course, look, I understand that someone could feel uncomfortable in certain situations, whatever it may be. But if I deliberately don't acknowledge another human being, I don't, I don't think I, I escape that, that experience feeling good about myself, or I feel more connected to myself. And I was also just laughing when you were saying that because uh, I had a similar experience where I I said to a woman I was speaking in German I said um, oh, yeah, sorry I don't have any don't have any money on me um, and we just asked each other how we were doing and <laughs> she proceeded to as as all good Germans do they she proceeded to correct my German <laughs> in this <laughs> lovely connect <laughs> nice <laughs> this lovely connected yeah this lovely connected moment we were experiencing Funny. there was still a grammatical error that needed to be corrected yeah of course, <laughs> of course it was like, of course obviously <laughs> come on <laughs> yeah we're still in germany yeah that's so funny yeah. but but this is um i don't know there's, there's something I, I i wrote about this before and and i mentioned this in another recent um recent podcast where just 
I've cultivated something really special in my um, my immediate area or Keats here by just saying hello to as many people as possible. And, you know, you said it there, it's as simple as hello. Now, I'm not saying that it's for whatever reason we may have in feeling introverted or extroverted. Like I, I personally am sometimes hugely social. Then other times I just love Same. time to myself. Yeah. So I'm not saying that you need to be on all the time. But it is remarkable how simple it can be if you just repeat that same practice, albeit, yes, you may experience fluctuating or different um, senses of discomfort. And maybe you want some time to yourself sometimes. But I I think it's stunning, the simplicity of that practice of just saying hello, acknowledging people and doing it in your local area that it can actually build, you know, like because it's one thing if you do it at a networking event and we're all supposed to shake each other's hand. It's beautiful to do it in the one area where then things can spontaneously build, like mm-hmm. little synchronicities of connection. Like even one thing I noted after we had, uh, after our, our baby arrived here, there were people that I didn't know know each other, that I knew one person knew that we, we, we already had the child. And then I knew I hadn't, I didn't even know the other person's second name or had their number. But as I was walking my dog some mornings, they were congratulating, numerous people were congratulating me on the birth of my baby, even though, you know, they hadn't seen the child in public. So they had no other way other than those kind of synapses of uh, mm-hmm. connections between people that just start from hellos. Mm-hmm. Now, I know in all the big problems we're maybe trying to figure out in our life and all the complicated things or maybe the goals or the things that we're striving for, I can't describe to you how good it feels. Someone who I vaguely know like being excited for me or having a real like you know smile on their face saying oh, amazing news do, do, do you know what I mean like it's it's so simple and, and it's so easy to discount but when it happens it, it feels absolutely glorious hmm. that's beautiful that's really really beautiful hmm. in terms of what you're looking to explore then even around this or even you know things you're creating in 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 the sense of building connections how are how are you uh, approaching it then i know even through the newsletter but even events that you're hosting like how what's your what's your approach yeah um i really want to start simple by starting even the conversation about loneliness and inviting different kinds of perspectives and seeing how people are resonating with that um, to have exactly this kind of kind of dialogue, hopefully, uh, where I'm just genuinely curious, you know, how loneliness shows up for you is different from how it shows up for me. Um, And the many, many nuances in that, uh, I think, are are thrilling, (laughs) thrilling in the sense of um, they show this complexity of the, of who we are as humans of life uh, and of the many ways that we can actually relate, even though we have different experiences, we feel we are different from each other. Um, Right. So I think that's the first thing. And then um, doing that exactly through writing, um, but then also through gathering people, um really to treat it almost a little bit like an open lab kind of a thing because <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know where this is going I have no major plan um I just started and I was just like let's see if in a year from now I'm still alone <laughs> with this uh and I feel more lonely then maybe I should pursue <laughs> something else or if I'm actually able to create a sense of community a sense of um yeah, a sense of community of people who are willing to share, to contribute, to learn together, uh, and perhaps then, you know, install sort of more local uh, interventions that already exist um, out there that are, you know, these listening or uh, talking to strangers uh, uh, experiments, um, or, yeah, sort of uh, kind of reliving the the neighborhood that you're in, sort of very small local like on a local level uh small direct ways on learning how to come into real connection again um with one another 
that are outside of our usual uh, usual bubbles. I think that's that's sort of the the thing that I can see happening uh, that that I would love to initiate, um, and that I only you know would if it turns out to be sort of a shared. Um, yeah, endeavor <laughs> where where people feel like yes, there's resonance. We feel like there's a need, um, and we want to do this. So yeah, we'll see. I, I think it sounds absolutely lovely, um, and I, I think there's such a I don't know. I think there's such a it's such a beautiful topic for us all to explore because, as you say, like loneliness shows up for us all. I, I remember even when I came to to Berlin the first time, and or you know when I when I moved here, and I've I've moved country even in my um even in my thirties about four or five times now. Um I've just turned forty uh, recently enough. And there was always even when that when I've moved country, even with one of my best friends and coming to Berlin, moving with my wife even. And I remember saying to her at some point, like, because I didn't have a community placed here, I knew no one else in, in Berlin. I was going to lots of different events. Like I, I made a deliberate effort to put myself out there and, and make connections. And even though there were people in my in my phone that I that I could text for a coffee, the relationships were still just beginning, you know. Um, so I remember even saying to my wife, like, I oh, like I know I'm, I'm I feel a loneliness coming upon me, you know, and. This was even with, you know, my my life partner who yeah. continue to be deeply connected. Um, this was even having a so, some social circles, but just the, the quality of relationship hadn't like hadn't hadn't been cultivated yet. Mm. And so it's even and for my sake, like there's even when there are people in my life or there's people I know in many other different countries. I, th- I think there's just these periods are so normal in our lives. And and even in times when we, I don't know, we just don't decide to share the commonality of our, our human experience, you know, like just to share what's going on underneath the surface so that we literally feel alone with a specific problem, you know? Like, so I don't, I don't know. It's just, I guess, even then curious as to how loneliness shows up for you sometimes. Mm. Um, I think mostly now, like these days, mostly, um, in the way that, and, and this runs very deep. I realized, I feel like I I felt this for most parts of my life, feeling not fully understood or, or being scared to be misunderstood in the way that I, um, see things very simple like and sometimes I feel very alone um and I have wonderful friends um and and relationships that I two years ago made an made an actual effort of of cultivating because I realized I felt very very lonely because uh, I was so obsessed with my work <laughs> um which gave me a lot too but it's not the same thing um but even you know with them sometimes on certain topics or um yeah just moments i i feel like i i don't feel like you're getting what i'm trying to get at you know or yeah. like i i i want to be so desperately <laughs> understood or, or heard uh and I, I i sometimes feel very very alone in that um yeah, I think that's 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 sort of how I feel it these days. Um, but also in many, many other ways, to be honest. And I've I felt lonely in um in in a relationship before. I felt lonely, as I said before, like sort of with relationships and, and friends. Um at work also I have felt lonely. <laughs> Which is ironic because I was in in the community building space, but still you can feel um, alone in in your efforts. Sometimes you're lacking support in in a way. Um, Yeah, so many, many different ways um, how I feel lonely. Now now I'm thinking about it more, as you can tell. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but but just even even as you're thinking about it, though... um... 
Sorry, I was just going to say, just even as you're thinking about that, just as you've said that there, though, I, you know, I reflected on the loneliness that I felt previously. But even as you're saying that there, I absolutely feel alone many times with how I am with how I'm viewing the world or even if it's um, the way I feel I'm trying to approach problems or um, the way I look at the world, I can absolutely sometimes think, am I the only one that thinks this or, you know, and, and just even in some of those inquiries feel absolutely alone as well. Mm-hmm. So even just, I know, I know you're saying you're thinking and, and, and you're coming up with some of this stuff on the spot, but just even in your acknowledging of that, like I absolutely feel that one sporadically throughout my year, irrespective of even just the, the level of connection I have in my life. Which, which I think is a, is a beautiful element to the kind of the nuance of, of this topic. Mm. No, thank you for, for saying that um, and for sharing that. Uh, I, yeah, and I, I, I think that the, the first way to kind of embrace that loneliness in a different way is by, again, by sharing that. So I'm not a proponent of this idea of having to eradicate or cope even or um you know uh cure this kind of loneliness like it's very different again from chronic loneliness or or loneliness that shows up in in different kind of ways of mental illness for example i know that (laughs) but the the loneliness that i'm talking about this transitional transient loneliness that sometimes comes and uh, overcomes one um, is something that I think we we could start to embrace uh, from from a place of almost uh, of of love in a way because it's kind of it's part of us and it's also part of life like loss is part of life or death is part of life and suffering is part of life uh, and without it it wouldn't be a really good one i think yeah um yeah now i look i i know we even said some of that in our our, we i said some of this in our our pre-chat but i absolutely agree with you that it's not about coming up with a solution or an antidote to any a lot of these things are just part of the human experience and I think if we spent more time just uh, even just acknowledging their existence or even just if just for ourselves, um, I, I, th- I just think it brings a richer experience, even though it won't extricate us from the experience of, you know, the various emotions, the various challenges that come our way in life. So, yeah, I, I love this sentiment of, you know, you're not on a crusade to eradicate an experience. Oh, no. Just yeah. what would happen? <laughs> no more if, crusades, yeah, please. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here, here. <laughs> um, Monica, just you know, you've you've touched on obviously so many different themes in terms of just the quality of relating and the perspective of you know not even putting ourselves at the center of the universe. Uh, curiosity, listening, connection, and so many of these kind of lovely themes. And and just when you mentioned there that, you know, you don't think a good life would be eradicating certain things like suffering or death or any of these things. Um, just curious as to to your perspective then on on the question of of what is a good life for you? Yeah, a good life for me, I think is is in essence a a shared life, is a life that um, is held by kind of an interdependence of of, of mutual care, you know, of me and others. And with others, I don't just mean humans, but also um, all the living things and more than human beings that are on this earth and beyond. and, and finding sort of a sense of humility in that, uh, in, in, in enjoying it as really like a, as a gift, like in, in this idea of accepting, um, uh, accepting everything, right, that, that sort of comes, um, not taking it as an 
attack or something personal or you know something that we have to like now solve or again eradicate or conquer or like all of these this language that um has shaped our culture in such a technocratic and almost yeah um backward thinking way <laughs> um and rather yeah be be more humble toward what you have what you're surrounded by and again um by the relationships that you are able to cultivate um and your part in that right sort of i think there's always this balance that also i'm trying to keep because i'm sometimes more leaning towards in the you know i have self-pity moments where i'm like oh everything is so unfair <laughs> and you know why me <laughs> like this um but then i remind myself like okay i have to find a balance between some things that i just cannot control and that are eventually going to happen uh as you just said right or we we just touched on 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 experiencing loss and loneliness and and suffering overall um and being able to then see life differently perhaps embrace life differently um and accepting that uh you you cannot have an an influence on how things go sometimes and that there's beauty in that that you surrender uh, to that and in that also acknowledge that in those things where you actually have agency and and ownership and responsibility take it <laughs> right like actually take it and yeah. don't push it away and be like well someone else can just you know solve this um yeah and a good life i think is for me ultimately one that feels true to me where i can say i am living in a in an honest and in a truthful way that i feel like i'm i'm living the truest version of myself right now that might be something somehow different from like five years ago or in five years right but for now for this moment uh, it is true and this is how i want to show up uh this is how i want to take care this is also how i want to receive care um and these are the choices that i'm making deliberately uh yeah i i absolutely love this sentiment and i i love also the sense of you know only we know what a true expression of our life is that's on us and and just the the changing nature of it as well it, it can be different five years ago and five years into the future but for us to to continue to to be or to express express from that place look monica i've really enjoyed this conversation with you today um, and i'm very very grateful that you joined us here on, on the what is a good life podcast thank you so much i i really appreciate what you're doing and um yeah honored to be part of this thank you